Two voices have been synonymous with the Truth in the Test Tube program since it began, Dr. and Mrs. Michael Quick. Michael and Carol have discussed topics ranging alphabetically from astronomy to zoology. But the Quicks have relocated to their native England. Our next program will be their finale. But before they left, they reminisced about some of the topics they had discussed. Carol began by observing... Well, Professor, I've enjoyed working with you. We've discussed a wide range of subjects on the Truth in the Test Tube programme. But our conversations will soon end. Next week will be our last programme. Let's summarise what we've learned as we have tested various ideas that claimed to be the truth. What truth have we found in the test tube? This is Truth in the Test Tube, a program where we examine nature with the logic of cause and effect, suggesting that nature is an effect whose cause is God. So let's turn up the heat, add the light of analytical thinking, and see what truth bubbles up. The Bible book of 1 Thessalonians encourages us to test everything, hold on to the good, That's what scientists do. And that's what we've done with various theories that claim to be true. We've had discussions on various topics related to science. I've enjoyed them and learned a lot. One of my favourite episodes was What Nobel Scientists Think About God. We quoted some Nobel laureates who are atheists and some who believe in God. And one physicist said he couldn't walk across his church's fellowship hall without tripping over at least a dozen scientists. Another said, those who say that the study of science makes a man an atheist must be rather silly people. I still remember saying near the end of the programme, there are proportionately as many atheistic truck drivers as atheistic scientists. Brains are not a hindrance to belief in God. One thing that has convinced many scientists that an intelligent creator God exists is the intricate design in many parts of nature. One example is the complex structure of the ear, which we discussed in the episode called The Pipe Organ in Your Head. We also learned about the clever way bats use sound waves to navigate in a way that resembles radar, but they've been using it for many centuries before man invented anything like it. Many episodes have centred around topics that my friends discuss frequently at university. For example, has the universe always existed or did it have a beginning? Less than a century ago, most scientists believed the universe had existed eternally and that the Bible's first words, in the beginning, were wrong. But then they discovered a specific type of radio waves called cosmic background radiation. Physicists who analysed these waves realised that they had been generated at the beginning. Two physicists shared a Nobel Prize for discovering them and demonstrating that they are the radio echo of the beginning. I remember one of them saying his data agree perfectly with what the Bible says in multiple places about the beginning. Yes, that was Dr Arno Penzias. He expanded that statement by saying... The best data we have are exactly what I would have predicted had I had nothing to go on but the five books of Moses, the Psalms, the Bible as a whole. So, science demonstrated that the Bible was accurate when it said there was a beginning. 
the Bible also spoke about God stretching out the heavens, long before scientists discovered that the universe is expanding. Several times we've talked about fine-tuning. Scientists have found intricate details that are precisely balanced in nature. Throughout physics, chemistry and biology, thousands of parameters need to be accurately fine-tuned. Someone illustrated the situation as a large control panel with many dials, where all of them have to be adjusted with very high precision. We covered some of these in inferring the best explanation. And as we continue to learn more about the intricate processes in the universe and the intricate organs in our own bodies, we find two possible explanations. Some scientists think we got lucky, like a winner at a casino. A growing number of scientists believes the best explanation is that a genius-level creator designed and built everything. We've also featured interviews with outstanding scientists. One series featured Dr Francis Collins, the man who directed a 15-year international project, the Human Genome Project. His team mapped the entire genetic structure of humans and researchers are following through on his discoveries to develop new ways to prevent and to cure diseases. Dr Collins is one of the many scientists who previously were atheists. But when he seriously studied the reason that atheists and Christians gave for their respective beliefs, he was surprised to discover that Christianity was more logical. Our series of programmes about him began with one entitled The General of the Genome. We also interviewed Charlie Duke, a Christian astronaut who walked on the moon. We expect to keep all the programmes on our website for some time in the future. That's where we have the programmes we mentioned today, plus other titles like Facts Too Big for Science to Explain and Is Science the Same as Scientism? Several friends have told me they don't believe in God because evolution is true. That idea was publicised even more during 2009 because it was the 200th anniversary of Darwin's birth and also the 150th anniversary of his famous book, Origin of Species. The thought that Darwin replaced God is a very common opinion. A century and a half of scientific progress has shown that some of Darwin's ideas were true, but others were mistaken. Evolution seems to have occurred on the micro-level but there's still a lot of doubt about macroevolution. We have studied how the first living cell could have originated. Experiments have demonstrated that taking non-living chemicals and developing them into a living cell is much harder than some scientists thought. No one has succeeded in doing that in the laboratory. We discussed that issue in detail in several programmes. One NASA expert says life almost certainly did not originate on Earth, so he speculates that maybe it might have originated on Mars and been exported to Earth. The mystery of life's origin, and maybe we're all Martians, are two of the episodes that are available on our website. You can also refer your friends to the episode entitled Does Evolution Justify Atheism? Participating in this Truth in the Test Tube series has enabled me to converse more knowledgeably with my friends. 
When a friend told me he thought all scientists were atheists, I could quote a number of scientists who explain what evidence convinced them that God exists. Related to that, we had conversations entitled Why Did Science Develop in a Christian Culture? There's good evidence that the Bible did not retard scientific discovery, but actually encouraged it. The Bible contains 66 books. One scientist called Nature the 67th book of the Bible. And one philosopher had a slightly different angle in a programme called God's Two Books. He says nature is one way God reveals himself, and the Bible is the other revelation. Professor, I've really enjoyed the discussions we've had. Thanks for all the interesting and informative things we've talked about. If I had to summarise the entire series in a few words, I would say two things. Nature is an effect whose cause is God. That's a paraphrase of what the Bible says in the book of Romans. For since the creation of a world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what's been made, so that men are without excuse. Romans chapter 1 verse 20. So the Bible is saying that we see a large amount of wise engineering in nature. That's why men are without excuse when they fail to recognise that the wise creator God designed and built the universe and every organ in our bodies. We talked about that in a programme called Who Wrote Nature's Laws? Just before the verse I quoted, God inspired the Apostle Paul to explain that the only way to avoid the obvious implication that God created would be to suppress the truth. In his words, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. In various programme episodes, we discussed how did life become alive? And did the universe know we were coming? And I remember discussing computer-related topics like when God logs in and defragmenting your thinking. As we've evaluated the Bible statements in the test tube of 21st century scientific knowledge, we've discovered that it passes the test and demonstrates its truth. Intellectual curiosity isn't the only reason we've had these discussions. Really? What other reason is there for talking about the subjects we've featured here on Truth in the Test Tube? I'll keep you guessing, but here's one clue. We will call next week's final episode Progressing Beyond Curiosity. Progressing Beyond Curiosity. Now you've really got me curious. Good. Next week we'll satisfy that curiosity when we reveal the real purpose for all the things we've discussed. I'm your host, Danny Milgate. And on behalf of producer David Fisher and myself, I want to thank Michael and Carol Quick for reminding us of some of their most stimulating discussions. We will miss them. But other authoritative voices will continue exploring other ideas in our laboratory of the mind.
You've been listening to Truth in the Test Tube, looking at the cosmos and seeing its creator. If you'd like to contact us, please email truthtest at truthinthetesttube.org. That's truthtest at truthinthetesttube.org. If you live in India, we suggest testtube at radio882.com. Again, testtube at radio882.com. Next time will be the last appearance by Dr. and Mrs. Michael Quick. They have entitled their episode, Progressing Beyond Curiosity, and the title arouses my curiosity, so I'll be listening eagerly with you next time on Truth in the Test Tube. 